Welcome to the Respiratory Cell and Molecular Biology podcast. Today we'll be interviewing Dr. Naftali Kaminsky, born to Ingelheim Professor of Medicine at Yale University and Section Chief of Pulmonary Critical Care and Sleep Medicine. Today, Dr. Kaminsky will talk to us about the RCMD and what's going on at ATS 2016. Dr. Kaminsky, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, tell me a little bit about the RCMB. Uh, what is the RCMB and what's your role in it? So the uh, assembly of uh, respiratory cell and molecular biology at the ATS um, sort of evolved with the introduction of cell and molecular biology to respiratory research, which was basically the beginning of the revolution in pulmonary uh, uh, medicine and lung biology. And with the years, RCMB really has evolved to this uh, thriving, exciting home for translation of lung biology of the ATS. Uh, we have, um, 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 it's a home for MD and PhD researchers as well as trainees, um, and it's really a unique forum for basic and translational researchers focused both on uh, cutting edge and high impact research and on really also the creation of a community of peers, people who are intellectually curious and committed to curing uh, lung diseases. Uh, I spent the last two years as being uh, the chair of RCMB. Um, this is, uh, for me, uh, an, a really cool landmark. I, uh, 20 years ago, uh, I started my research career uh, in uh, 1996. Before this, I did only clinical work. Um, and really, my career in some ways was around ATS and RCMB. I got my first offer for a research fellowship at the ATS. I was recruited to be on the RCMB web committee initially uh, and edited a, a column on the ATS website for RCMB in, in really the early days, sort of the late 90s, uh, and then was recruited to be on program committee, program chair. Um, so many of my good, many of people, the people who are really my best friends are people that were peers on RCMB, and um, I really like it. When I uh, look around the hall on the membership meeting, is really I feel like I'm around, you know, a really big and friendly family. Tell me a little bit about the members of the RCMB. Who are they? Where do they come from? What's their background? So we, you know. Uh, I really like uh, numbers, so for years we had uh, assumptions about the membership, but this year we actually looked at the numbers. Um, so it is very interesting. Our membership is uh, um, quite diverse. Um, we have um, two-thirds males, a third female, although actually if you look at our leadership, women and traditionally are more than half of the leadership of uh, RCMB. Um, our, in terms of age of distribution, it's sort of interesting because we have uh, uh, a lot of young members, uh, more than half or uh, less than 40. Um, we are very um, uh, international. Um, membership for really all around the world. Um, um, if you look at, uh, of course, the majority are U.S., but again, um, there's very strong uh, 
constituency from Japan, from Canada, from UK, from Germany, from many other countries. Um, when we looked at the numbers, we actually noticed that there were certain regions in the world that we had very low numbers of membership in uh, uh, China, uh, Latin America, um, really less than percent of our membership, you know, uh, the Middle East. We know there's actually outstanding respiratory scientists uh, in these regions of the world, and we really would love if they joined us. And one of the ways that really helps us if people join and become active on committees because then they bring additional friends. Uh, the other thing that I, I find exciting is, is actually the professional constitution of RCMB because this is really um, an assembly that's about science. So um, around 47% of the members have, uh, um, are, um, have only an MD degree, not other degrees. Um, 13% have MDPCs, that's a very large number, and then another 33% is uh, uh, people who don't have an MD degree and have a PhD. So clearly this is different from the distribution of the ATS um, and um, represents the interest, uh, the excellence, uh, you know, the commitment to science. Dr. Kaminsky, you mentioned earlier about how you got involved in the RTND. Um, how do you think it's best for individuals to get involved today, and, and why should young uh, young faculty members try to get involved in the RTND? So, um, in some ways, uh, getting involved nowadays in professional success societies is probably more important than it was uh, 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. And the reason is, again, there's less resources. Science is bigger and more expensive and there's less of the do-your-own-thing type of scientists, so um, everything is much more interconnected. Um, you need collaborators, you need people to know you, you need an input, and in some way RCMB is your community because you will bid RCMB both your future collaboration collaborators as well as the reviewers of your grants and your papers. Um, so tool for networking, but it's more—it's way more than networking. It's actually participating in the community. Uh, the other uh, benefit, and especially uh, when you're relatively junior, is that you get—it's very easy to get expo exposed to sort of cutting-edge things. If you are on program committee, you get to, to review 500. Uh, well, you, every member gets to review a few probably 50 uh, or less abstracts, but you get exposed to 500 or 800 um, abstracts of, you know, the most cutting-edge respiratory research there is. And you learn a lot from seeing the abstracts. You learn a lot from seeing the programming and how themes are evolving. So it's really good uh, for a, sort of a beginning scientist to get engaged in that. Um, the other thing is simply fun. You know, we, the work is not that difficult, but you do make a difference. Um, the current uh, uh, or outgoing chair of our senior uh, professionals or early career professionals has made a big difference. She created long-lasting programs. Um, the same thing, I, I feel the same thing. When I was chair of uh, program committee of RCB, 
together with Via Borg, we changed the way the program community work. We changed, we introduced the scientific breakthrough of the year and other things. So basically, you you know, the ATS is beautifully uh, grassroots in some ways, and you do uh, get to make a difference and impact other people. How do you get involved? Um, that's in some ways it's simple, in some ways it's complex. The one is you could definitely try to get involved through the website. Um, I have a note to myself that we need to improve the process, but I think this will happen on the, on the, under the shift of the tenure of the next uh, RCMG chair. Um, you can definitely just email RCMG leadership. Um, People can email me. Um, my email is basically naftali.kaminski at yale.edu. Um, and I will refer people, especially now when I'm sort of the outgoing chair, I'll be glad to refer them. Uh, the other uh, uh, things that people can get involved in the early stages is our mentoring program. Uh, we had uh, a great number of uh, mentor and mentees pairs, and when you meet with your mentor, as your MNT, they're going to help you to get uh, uh, um, involved. Um, I'm sure almost everybody, including you, Mauro, could attest to the fact that basically by being involved through RCMB, you just not know many more people who are your peers that you wouldn't have never met. Um, and, this will help you, and this will help you in the future. So, so Dr. Gwinsky, uh ATS 2016 is approaching. Uh, what are you looking forward to seeing this year? So, um, as I always say, the main thing I look forward is actually to seeing friends and uh, collaborators and uh, and colleagues. You know, it's and and also to meet the junior trainees and the mentees. This is you know the the human aspect of the conference is really exciting to me. You know, the conference is so big, but actually, you sit in a corner somewhere. And you can actually create for yourself like, the atmosphere of a village. You're sitting with two people. You're speaking about science or medicine or something, and it's really cool. Sometimes these are people you've never met. Um, from the point of view of RCMB, we have a very, very exciting program this year. Um, we have uh, uh, multiple uh, symposia and mini symposia. Uh, I'm especially uh, 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 we start actually with a postgraduate course. I think it's too late to sign up, but we're doing the, it's the second uh, year in a row that we're doing the big lab meeting on airway modeling and human lung disease. This is probably one of the best places to learn how to work uh, uh, with uh, modeling the airway. Then on um, uh, Sunday, uh, we basically we have uh, an ATS Mythbuster session. We actually have two of those, uh, uh, one on Sunday and one on Wednesday. I'm in particular proud about this uh, uh, format. The ATS Mythbuster is, is sort of uh, mimicking the Mythbuster format on TV, and people present scientific topics, and then experts in the field and the audience get to vote whether this topic is a is a myth or uh, is the is it is a myth confirmed or is it a bust? And we have one about pulmonary fibrosis, the other one over QPD with really amazing speakers, and it's and it's also a session that's a lot of fun. Last year we actually had uh, people insult each other across the room during the argument. Um, 
but there were some very clear insights. So I like this format, uh, and I particularly like it because two years ago, Martin Kolb, who was program committee chair, suggested that we uh, program one, uh, proposed one symposium like this. We did it, and it was very well accepted. The next year, we had another symposium. This year, we have two that neither Martin or I are involved. So basically, the brand has picked up and became independent. So I would encourage anybody that listens to this uh, uh, podcast to basically uh, try to submit next year another Mythbuster. It's going to be very, it's just sort of a fun way. We have other really great uh, uh, sessions. We have an amazing session with local expertise from the Bay Area on uh, CRISPR gene, gene editing. Those of you who know about it, this is really a revolutionary tool which is going to impact both research and 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 clinical medicine and the people speaking are so really top notch. We have a um, uh, jointly developed uh, symposium on uh, um, circadian rhythm, so lungs can tell the time, uh, clock genes, inflammation, immunology, really exciting. On Tuesday, there's one of my, again, pet uh, sessions at the ATS. The scientific breakthrough of the year. This year it's dedicated to RNA biology. And again, some outstanding speakers, some really cool uh, innovations, and I encourage people uh, uh, to attend. Uh, we do have also uh, workshops, and uh, we have uh, sunrise seminars. Again, that's maybe too, my, too uh, uh, late to attend, but they're really representing everything from circadian rhythm to matrix biology to epithelial cells. So it's a really, uh, really uh, uh, exciting uh, program. Some of our mini symposias are, again, extremely cutting edge, role of aging, mitochondrial dysfunction. Um, one of them is that type of fascinating mechanism in lung fibrosis. So really good stuff and I encourage you. I am sharing, uh, I think, a session on micro, on uh, omic technologies. Um, I think that's the, the title of the session, which I promise to make it funny uh, and interesting. Um, so uh, basically, it's really a great program. Our um, program committee um, did a fantastic job on, on uh, Programming all of the aspects this year was really a breakthrough year for us in terms of record year for us in terms of the number of abstracts. We, because of the change of categories and potentially because of the things we do are really exciting, we got the record numbers, almost double the number of abstracts from last year, uh, around close to 800. Um, we ended up programming close to 670 of those in RCMD activities. Of course, the ones that didn't really fit, um, Patricia Thine, who's the chair of the program director, or the outgoing, did a fantastic job of finding a home for these abstracts. So really, uh, I think, you know, the program is good. My advice is, uh, uh, I always tell people is, don't run around at the conference. Uh, just find an lecture hall and sit through it, you will not regret it. If you uh, go in on Sunday and the session of abnormal metabolism, you know, at 2.15 to 4.15, you're going to enjoy it. You don't need to run around. If you go to uh, 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 
hot topics and disparities in pulmonary critical care and sleep medicine, which is a joint developed symposium with the same thing. You're really uh, 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 enjoy it. So uh, my suggestion to people is not to run around. Pick a focus, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, and learn things. And every single one of our uh, symposiums uh, is really, or all our programs, symposium, mini symposium, program, uh, abstract uh, uh, discussions and uh, uh, are exciting. The last thing I want to mention is the thematic poster session. Um, as a trainee, I benefited most from a thematic poster session because this is where the interaction happens. When you're giving an oral presentation, you hear from one or two people that ask a question. When you do a poster discussion session, you have a very brief time that you get to present your stuff. When you're standing at a thematic poster uh, discussion for an hour, an hour and a half, many people pass by and, you know, you get to know them, you get to hear their perspectives, you, like, you know, the person who's standing next to you tends to be your future collaborator. Um, so, for the presenters, it's really good opportunity. The other thing which I think people don't really appreciate that actually walking in the posters, introducing yourself, asking a question, even if it's not your main topic, is really great because, again, you learn new things. Everybody that's presenting can teach you something. And you, again, may develop an interest or create a collaborative process. So I encourage people um, to put on the schedule the thematic uh, poster sessions and basically walk around, even if you don't really think you found something, as long as it's a topic that's related to what you're interested in. And this year, again, we have, you know, we have aging, we have epigenetics, we have mechanisms of uh, lung cancer biology, pulmonary fibrosis, stem cells, lamp, you know, a lot of things, smoking, uh, new insights about smoking. Um, so a lot of really good topics that are really worth um, watching. Great. So, Dr. Kaminsky, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Well, thank and you. I look forward to seeing you at ATS. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you, too. Okay, bye. All right. Bye-bye. That was Dr. Naftali Kaminsky, outgoing chair of the RCND Assembly. Follow us at ATS at hashtag RCND2016 or tweet us at ATS underscore RCND. Look forward to seeing you at ATS. Bye.